welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Heather Hommel, the MFR Coach. Today, I have four fabulous clients of mine here to talk to you today about their year-end results of working with the MFR coach for most of the year. So they are all going to share their individual stories. With me, I have Rob from James River Myofascial Release in Richmond, Virginia. Rob Crampton. Can't forget your name. Sarah Martin from Fire Rainbow MFR in San Antonio, Texas. And then I have Linda Silva from Align Myofascial Release in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, and Rachel Pacora from Northeast Ohio Myofascial Release in Canton, Ohio. All right. So let's start with you, Rob. Tell everybody kind of like where you're at. Well, let's, let's kind of rewind. I know you've been on the podcast before. All of you guys have been here before. And I was like, we're going to do a follow-up when we're done. <laughs> see, see how we're doing. So tell us kind of your synopsis of how it was before you started coaching, what has happened this year and where are you at now? You've heard me refer to this, I think, uh, analogy a bunch of times, but like, it's essentially like, I felt like I was just floating along in my business boat with uh, not holding any type of responsibility and just letting the uh, seas per se take, be at the mercy of the, uh, the, the seas of life, of business, of mm-hmm. my clients. And it hit a point where in January to February, my business really slowed down a lot for whatever the reason. Um, I could put a bunch of various thoughts out there on why. But the main thing is that it was a catalyst in a good way to get me to seek help because I've been doing this for about eight plus years now by myself. And I felt like, you know, I need something more to help my business and to help myself in this. I had originally gotten your book and that's what sort of kept you in the periphery. But then around that time is what propelled me to connect with you. So that was pre- and then what you gave me was a sense to recognize that I can either build a steering wheel or the steering wheel is there. I just need to take control of it. And I don't necessarily have to use it, but I do have my hands on it if I need to steer my boat in a direction this way or that way. And it doesn't really take a lot. At least for me, it didn't feel like it have to. It took a lot to just move my place from where I was to where I am now and the numbers that I'll give to you on that. And one other thing I wanted to point out too was in the beginning of working together, you know, you had a business for eight years, right? And I think most people that are that far into their business don't necessarily notice if something's going wrong because it's just kind of, or not, not anything is going wrong. It was just like, what could be better here? How can I be more consistent? <laughs> what do you think sets your decision making apart from someone that maybe wouldn't seek help because they're that far into their business? I think part of it was just that awareness of just like, I've been doing this for so long by myself. And that's one thing I've been personally leaning into from time to time is allowing help from outside. So that's a little bit of where I was coming from with that. Another was, I think I was in a place where I finally was just like, you know what? I was imagining that as soon as I would start doing MFR in a way of like what John sort of said is that like the people will feel the touch and feel the work and then they'll, they'll come in droves. And it's true, right. To a point, to a point, but yeah. then it's that maintaining, which is what I was lacking in. That was one of the things I was lacking in and being more of a leader in that respect. Mm-hmm. So. And are you referring to like getting clients to rebook and like have a system of, and reasons behind why they rebook and all that. Stuff? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So tell us 
what's something surprising that you learned about yourself during coaching? Oh, the just it was the facts. Like that was one of the just subtle things, or at least for me, it was just it felt very subtle. Was just getting my facts together and realizing from that how much of a difference that made mm-hmm. of having some type of objectional item that I can set my goals from mm-hmm. or to. Like in that place where if I didn't have that awareness or that knowing of what my numbers are, what mm-hmm. my finances are, or where I'm spending my money, then I don't have anything to stand on on how I want to bring in money. Yeah. Yeah. And what were your thoughts about money in general and your ability to manage it? They were sort of aloof. Like part of me wanted to pay attention, but not pay attention too hard. I just wanted to trust that, you know, I'm probably making uh, enough Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And everything's fine. Yeah. And was it? It was when things were good. But then of course, when things weren't good, that's where I, the failure in my just not taking control of my business. Yeah. So what is your thoughts about your ability to take care of your, or take control of your business now? I feel very, very confident. Like I am excited. Um, Part of me wants to actually sort of step out on my own for a little bit to feel that because I feel like I've gotten such a great amount of coaching from you that I want to see how I can stand on my own two feet. But with that expectation, because I know like I always want to have that additional insight, but it's in that sense, it's like feeling like I can step out of the nest now and see what happens. Yeah. Well, and everybody that's here is like ready. Like it's, we don't come to coaching to become dependent on it forever. Like, yeah. yes, we'll always have questions that come up and we might be like, what do I do here? But you have all the skills to figure it out. Yeah. Sort of like the same thing, like with my clients and getting them to a place where they can yeah. take care of themselves. But then if they had to, maybe they have a moment in life that requires maybe some additional insight and help, then that's then that can come back into play there. So yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, why don't you share all of the juicy details about the money and the amount of clients you've been seeing since we started working together? Okay, so my last year's income, 2020, I was about 52,445. Okay, so $52,445 earned income last year or revenue. Okay. And the amount of hours I worked or clients that I saw, I'll equivalent to hours. So under, this is 45-minute sessions each. So that was 638 45-minute uh, sessions each. Okay. Did you take any time off or do anything last year? So that was uh, part of COVID. So there was already some, <laughs> there was some time off there. But uh, outside of that, I think I did like a, a seminar, a beach week with my girlfriend and fam, her family. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the holidays were too eventful. So I might've been working a little bit more than I normally did. Okay. Yeah. What has 2021 brought you? 2021. That has brought me uh, 90 at the moment. Um, and this isn't the end of the year, mind you. Yeah, we still um, have three weeks to go. With the three year, weeks to so go. Keep that in mind, everybody. <laughs> so I'm at 91,604. Wow. Yeah. So you have basically doubled your income. And the amount of clients I've seen appointments. So last year was 638. This year it's 872. Mm -hmm. And how many weeks did you take off on purpose this year? Let's see. I've taken two weeks for an intensive in Malvern, one week and a half for a San Francisco seminar series, then the the uh, quantum leap. So I guess that could be another, you could say that altogether was two weeks of seminars. So about a month and then a week of helping my mom get back across the States from East coast or West coast, to the East coast. Mm-hmm. And then November or and, uh, some, then Thanksgiving holiday from all the way from Thursday till Sunday. And then I don't know exactly, but I know I'm going to be helping out for the Christmas holiday with my mom and also spending a little time there. So about, I guess... Six weeks? Yeah, about six weeks. Okay, awesome. So six weeks vacation, you'll make... What are you estimating that your end of the year total will be? It'll be potentially around like 96, 97,000, somewhere in there. So... Yeah, so just under six figures. 
just under six figures. What are your thoughts about that? Someone that normally makes like was 52 was still like a pretty good year for you in 2020. It was. I had some good months and then I, I had a, um, some easier going months, but overall it was more of my, yeah, that that's probably what my general was. Yeah. I think that's pretty standard for a lot of people, like around 50, like 60s really getting high. So 91, what are your thoughts about Rob that can create that outcome with taking six weeks off and, you know, just doing 45 minute sessions and like, it's not stressful. But I mean, that's one thing. It's like, I haven't been stressed. Um, I've had my thoughts here and there that will say things about like, oh, should I be enjoying this or not enjoying this? Which is also awesome too. It's like, okay, cool. Like I, I can be in a place where I'm, if I am occasionally like woeing about a little bit of make, of doing a good job, then that's great versus mm-hmm. being in a place of like, ah, like I'm not making any money right now. And not to say that that's, that was just like, a, I think a moment in time for me, but a lot of the times it's been just very exciting. And also to speak to that, to my partner, to my family and her family, and then just being able to go on some of these trips without worry that I feel like I need to desperately fill my schedule prior and after of just a lot of confidence and ease and even more enjoyment because of all that. Mm-hmm. What do you also think about your ability to manage your money and know what's happening with it versus just like raking it in and spending it as fast as it goes out or as it comes in? It's good because that was sort of the thing is like, I didn't have a problem obviously with spending it, but um, definitely keeping a handle on my finances more. This has been more encouraging for me to step into that part of the business, the maturity of that in the, in respect. Yeah. And now you're an LLC. You're getting ready to hire a bookkeeper and a CPA. Like you're doing all these next level business things that you've maybe put off before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the anticipation of what my uh, future, my 2022 year will look like uh, yeah. and beyond that. So I definitely feel like one, my encouragement, but also because of, yeah, it would be easier and I don't want to step on it on my taxes or IRS toes and get, make sure I got all my, my finances on that side uh, in line. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations. You are building an empire <clears throat> and helping a lot of people, which is the important thing, like 872 hours of MFR completed this year. It's amazing. Incredible. And you don't feel burnt out and you took six weeks of vacation. So that's... Yeah. And mind you that my schedule the previous year, I was at six being my max per day, four or five days a week. And I've reduced my schedule to five treatments a day for um, five days a week. Okay. So you work 20 hours a week. Is that right? 25. It was originally 30. I had available. Yeah. I had available. Okay. And how booked out are you? I'm a booked out till about the beginning of the year now. I think my first week in January is almost booked out now. And prior to, and everything else is uh, filled up. And so you're uh, booked out for basically a whole month. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coaching with me. It's been really fun. And just full disclosure to everybody listening, Rob and I have coached together. We did a 12 week intensive coaching together. And then I had another offer out there where I did 12 more sessions over six months. So we've coached together a total of nine months, right? And you've also been part of the group. So you got lots of coaching and... Mucho coaching. Mucho coaching. It wasn't just 12 weeks. And it's amazing what you can create with just a little bit of extra time. So awesome. Okay. Thank you very much, Rob, for sharing your story. We are going to move on to Sarah. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So we were just talking to Rob, getting all the information, and we were going to do the same thing to you. So (laughs) tell us a little (laughs) bit about what brought you to coaching. We can remember that far back and then <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Yes. So what brought me into coaching is I quit my job and I was seeing, I think at the very beginning, I was seeing one client three times a week mm-hmm. and I had seen your book and I ordered it and read it. I'm like, 
I got this. This so it's good. I'm good. Yeah. And then I discovered that I wasn't. Well, what and was the problem? Were you not getting booked? Were you not? I was seeing one client three times a week. Yeah. Okay. Seeing <laughs> one client. Okay. Yeah. A client. Yes. And I did a what is possible call. Mm-hmm. And I needed a minute to think about it. And I don't know. I think it was like 24 hours. I was like, yes, let's go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't remember it being a big hesitation. I don't remember. It that. was. <laughs> I think as soon as I got off the call, I was like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to wait until tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was, really. When did so, we start working together, March? Uh, I actually have it written down. Okay, perfect. Um, we started. <laughs> we started May fifth. Oh, May fifth. Okay. Yes. Okay. So May fifth, and we did twelve weeks together. Then you you opted into my six month program. You were only a month into your twelve week program, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were like, "Yes, I will opt into this next I- show." Sarah was like, here is all my money. I will be your coachy for the rest of the year. Yes, <laughs> please. Like, I said, yes, really please. Thinking. <laughs> and then you got to be in the group too. So, yes. so similar to Rob. Okay, awesome. Okay, so you had the one client. How long did you go from when you opened your practice to when we started working together? Did you? When did you quit your job? It was March. March, okay. In March. Mm-hmm. March. Okay, so you went yes. full months without... Any Mm -hmm. help, and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So then we started to work together, and we worked together for what was it? May, June, July, July. And you still had the one client that was very consistent, right? Very consistent. However, each month it had gone up. So like May was eight, Mm -hmm. June was sixteen, July nineteen, and those are appointments. Mm -hmm. August twenty five. And then the big whammy happened in September at 62. And I was like, like, what just happened? Yeah. But I think before you got to the 62, and we talked about this on your podcast episode, which wasn't that long ago, right? Where you had a Linda moment. Linda's joining us today. Yes, this is Linda. Hello. And what we call a Linda moment is where you were like, I think I heard Linda's podcast where she needed to take a break from you. She needed to take a week off and gather herself, right? And then things, it was like that transition between things kind of working and then things working. Right. So you took a week off and gathered yourself. What else changed? Like you started to understand the thought work and like your responsibility in that a little more. So I got really uncomfortable, like Mm -hmm. to the point that I just... I wasn't even happy being in my body. I just was uncomfortable. And I was like, I have to, something has got to change. Yeah. And so I just started really working the model and on everything. Like it wasn't just business related. It was like about my neighbors. It was about somebody at the grocery store. I mean, it was everybody. Yeah. Everybody and everything got a model on it. And then that was really... I love it. <laughs> Where the shift happened. Yeah, because you started to take like complete radical self-responsibility over how you felt. Yes. And over your result line. Like you yes. started to see how your thoughts created your results. And it's continued because I am able to continue to observe myself and like, wow, that's a different thought. You that's a different way of thinking because there are things that I'm doing now. I'm like, wow. I'm more motivated to do things. Whereas before I'd be like, I'm just going to sit here and watch television. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to like <laughs> take a nap. Yeah. Well, and I think that uncomfortableness, like that uncomfortable feeling that you were feeling, it's kind of like, just like maximum growth, right? Like you mm-hmm. got to a point where you're kind of creeping along and then you started to go like this. And that is when it gets really uncomfortable. And it's like yes. really uncomfortable before you even know that you're on the upward climb. No one can see me, but I'm making my head go up because <laughs> I'm a mime. So yeah, I remember that moment. And you, ever since, 
you took that week off and you regrouped and you, you started taking responsibility for your result line and you started making models about everything and really started getting super clear on what you wanted. Because before it was a little bit ambiguous. You were like, I want to be fully booked, but like, what is that? And what days do you want to work? Do you like your office or are you moving? And like all this kind of so like many things. little chatter going on in the background and you mm-hmm. became super focused. You executed all of the things we talked about with your website, with online booking, with... I mean, you had to overcome a lot of hurdles because you didn't want to have some of those things. Correct. Yeah. And for good reasons, but you decided that the pain of not having it was worse than the pain of having those things. And I think also part of it was the process of doing them. Mm -hmm. It was just listening to your suggestions and your recommendations and just following them. Mm-hmm. because there's some things that you suggested. I did them, but I don't utilize them necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they are available because that process is already set up. And so if I want to go back to it, I can. Yeah. I'm yeah. speaking of Instagram. Yeah. So. Well, I was just thinking about that too. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you don't use Instagram, which is, this is the thing. Mm-mm. You don't have to. Right. Right. Like but it's, available. it's available to you, mm-hmm. but if it's not fun and this is the other test, right? Like if it's not fun, easy, and like something you want to do, then figure out something else. And for you, that became like asking other people like for referrals and just, and mm-hmm. like showing up to things, being a member of your community, like putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Just being, you went kind of from like, I don't want anyone to see me to like Sarah Martin's here. Right. And there's a difference in the energy of like, nobody look at me to like, hey, with Jen's mm-hmm. hands, right? Am I correct on that? <laughs> correct. Yes. Okay. So you have been sending me like the most fun boxer messages. And I just want everybody else to partake in how fun they are. Because oh, gosh. <laughs> I won't necessarily read them, but I just have to say that. I get best good boxer messages from almost everybody. Rob sends really good memes. <laughs> Linda and Rachel always share their wins with me too. And Rob shares his wins too, but it's, you know, it's memes. <laughs> memes for the win. Okay. So you texted me like at the beginning of the month and you were like, mark this down as a day that will live in infamy or whatever. I will make $20,000 this quarter. Like, and then you made over $20,000 this quarter yesterday. Yesterday. And I will make more money before the end of the month. Yeah. (laughs) And the amount of money you're making in this quarter is almost equivalent to what you have previously made in an entire year. Is that right? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what is that like? It's a little overwhelming to like completely look at. I'm a little disassociated from it because I'm like, okay, this is the business and this is what I'm doing. And I can do that. Like I can create that. You and it's create it. I know. And I, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. But, do you have your numbers in front of you? Cause I want to go through like your quarters because they're so dramatic. Oh, crumb cakes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I have. Okay. Because I wrote it on my little card that I, I have my little yeah, card. card. Yep. <laughs> okay. Share away. Tell us everything. Quarter one, $395. Okay. I was living big that quarter. Mm-hmm. Quarter two, <laughs> 3,130. And then quarter three, 13,320. And then quarter four, as of yesterday, $20,322.50. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. And now you know how to do that and you can just keep doing it. Yeah. What's your schedule like now? I'm fully booked. So I'm taking a next week off. Awesome. For a tea for tea. So cool. Um, I love that you guys are going and doing tea for teas. I just love it. <laughs> I'm like, next year I'm going to do a two week tea for tea. <laughs> I'm like, you will. I already am like, I feel like this one week is going to be enough. Yeah. It's never enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> um, that's why we get regular work done. That's right. It's important. So my December is fully scheduled. January, I only have seven appointments available and I'm scheduling out into February. Wow. 
That's amazing. So I just want to remind you in case you forget, go through your whole schedule for 2022 and block out some vacation time. Yes. Purpose and for seminars, but also for just laying flat time or whatever you like to do, climbing rock time, whatever it is, make sure you have that planned because it is so easy to like get into this money-making cycle. And you're like, you're like, I have to mop up all of the money. And like, I can't take any time off because I'm never going to have enough. Especially when you go from making $300 in one quarter to two quarters later, and you make 20,000, you still probably have the brain thinking of the person that was making the 300 in the first quarter. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I just want you to keep reminding yourself, like, don't have amnesia about who you are. Like you're Sarah Martin that makes 20 K in a quarter, like no problem. Right. But Sarah Martin had to be the $300 earner before she could be the 20 K earner. Cause there's a process. Yes. There's a process <laughs> process, but you did that in your first year of business. Mm-hmm. Like, that's super baller. And like, now you can just keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. And on January 1, all my current clients will be at the uh, my new price rate. And my price, the hourly rate went into effect before Thanksgiving. So yeah, everybody's going to be on the same page. Price? $150 an hour. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank that you. That took you some work to get there. And it was not without struggle. But you went... Like when you decided that, do you realize like how quickly you became that price? Like you fell in love with your price? Yeah. It took me a minute to get there. Though. All like my literally thoughts. a minute because when you had your first rate, that was really hard. Yes. Yeah. So that's great. Congratulations. And oh, Thank do you, you know how many sessions you've done this year? Yes. I was thinking of you when I wrote this down because you're like, you have seen hundreds of clients. Yeah. And this year I will have seen 311. 311 clients. So mm-hmm. good. And do you know what your total income is for the year? So at year to date, it's $37,167.50. Awesome. That's so good. What was your highest year like ever being an employee? This is where numbers are good because your brain will tell you something else. Yeah. <laughs> so last 2020, I made $35,000. Mm-hmm. And my brain was t- has always told me, you've never made that much money. So it was good to look at those numbers. Yeah. And then I went back to 2019 because I was very... I'm like, okay, <laughs> my brain told me this. Mm-hmm. So I made $34,000 okay. in 2019. How many um, hours did you work though to get that? I thousands of hours, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> Not 311 hours. Yeah. So 311 hours for the year. Right. And you made $37,167 so far. So far. Right. It'll be closer to 40 by the end of the year. Okay. Cool. All right. So, okay. Thank you. Congratulations. You did awesome. So good. So good. I'm so proud of you. You did awesome. I appreciate all your suggestions and every time I felt uncomfortable and I mean, you're doing your job. If I'm feeling uncomfortable... I feel like you're doing your job. Yeah, right? Because this is the thing. Like, I am your peer as an MFR therapist, but in the coaching relationship, we're not friends, right? Like, of Mm -hmm. course, like, I love you guys. There's a lot of love. But because of that, like, I'm not emotionally invested in what your decision is. You get to make the decision. Like, you have to learn how to have that power. Because the coaching isn't even necessarily about me giving you advice. Most of the time, it's like me being like, so what are you thinking about that? And how does it feel? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do, right? It's not a flow sheet that you just follow and, and everything works out at the end. So choose your own adventure story. So. It truly is. Yes. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Heather. Okay. Rob, that's totally fine if you have to go. Don't worry about it. It's totally fine. I didn't know how long this would take. So it's like longer than I thought. <laughs> Cut, Cut all that out. <laughs> All right, now we are going to move on to Linda Silva from Align Myofascial Release. Hi, Hi Heather. Hi. How's it going? It's going. 
Linda and I were joking that we didn't know if we would both be awake this early to do this podcast interview, but we both made it. <laughs> After last night's coaching call. Yes, and then, we had our coaching call yes, last night, which is late. Staying up late. East Coasters <laughs> late. Yes. All right, Linda, how long have we been working together? When did we start? We, yeah, we started in March. In March. Okay. In the middle of March. All right. Just tell us a little bit about your story. You've been on the podcast before, so we know that you are doing awesome, but kind of do a recap for us. Like, where were you at in March? What were you thinking when you hired me? What was your business looking like? And what's happening now? Okay. So in March, I was just starting out again. Well, actually, February, I was just starting the business again. I had started pre COVID after graduating from massage school. And so I was trying on my own for about four or five months and then COVID hit very minimal business and zero business education. I knew nothing about what I was doing. I was just plugging along. So when I saw your book, I was like, whoa, this is exactly what I need. I can build my business reading this book. And no, that wasn't quite the case either. So I called you. So when I called you, Let's see. I started the end of February. I had like three clients. And then March, you know, was like 10 clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and were still working your PTA job, right? Right. I was working per diem to try to, yeah, just keep things when, going. When were you able to leave that? Because I remember we had a conversation about that. Yeah. Holding on to that job certainly wasn't helpful to me. So I left that job in May. Okay. Yeah, because it's kind of like a false safety. Like you think I need this job because I need the money. Right. And then you slowly figure out like, oh, this job's actually costing me money because I could be seeing clients because clients are actually coming. Exactly. Yeah. So what happened you left there in May? That's when I had my biggest month was June. And yeah, I made $5,000 in June. And I wouldn't have known that had you not asked me. That's right. You didn't even know. I didn't even know on a coaching call you asked me. Yeah, like, so how, how much, much did you make? You yeah, and you're like, like I, have I no made clue. five thousand dollars. I didn't believe it, right? Yeah, I did. So that was my biggest month. And November was my second. I made another five thousand in November, yeah. and planned two as well in December. So last year I was on unemployment most of the year. I was taking care of mom and my grandkids yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. So I don't have like a. My comparison. And then the year before that, I was in massage school. So I was working per diem. That's right. I think even just comparing month to month, like, do you know what you made in April, May, June? Mm -hmm. So April, I made $1,785. $1,785. May was $2,110. And then June, $5,010. Yeah, that's huge. Like you keep right, and then right. in July, what was July? so July? I went down to uh, twenty eight ninety. Mm-hmm. You went on vacation too, didn't you? I actually wrote a book. Yeah, wrote a <laughs> book. July, yeah, yeah, July and August, and went on um, a big sisters trip, right? Went on the sisters trip. Yeah. And Linda's writing a book. Like she's shy, so she's not going to tell you guys. Linda is writing a book about having sisters' weekends and the importance of like managing that and how to set it up and not have hurt feelings and not have drama while you take right. sisters. Because you're one of how many sisters? The seven girls and three boys. Yeah. Yeah. The seven girls. Yeah. And we've been doing it for 37 years. Yeah. So yeah. look for her book. It will be out soon. Yes. The cover, she just sent me the link to the cover. I can't wait to open it. Oh, that's so I have to wait until after I finish talking to you. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. So, okay, so July, you wrote a book. You went on your sister's weekend. And then what was August like for you? August was, uh, again, somewhere like 2890, September 2745. So, you know, hovering around 3000. And then November took off again to just over 5000. What do you think the difference is between when you have a $2,800 a month and a $5,000 a month? What's going on with you? Definitely the focus. That's when we we changed. I changed my prices in November Mm -hmm. and I started offering packages. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was able to sell a couple packages and I have a couple clients that are paying the my hourly rate, even though, you know, they could get it a little cheaper doing the package. Mm-hmm. So I think that's helpful. And you've learned how to rebook people, like how to sell a plan of care, like which is your packages and how to get them to book out and to keep coming back. That's gotten a lot better. Yeah. It's just to be able process. to sell a package. It yeah. is a process. Yeah. Because remember in the beginning, you were like, I don't want to sell this. Like this, I I can't do it. It's too salesy, right? Like that was a big a total big resistance. Point. Total yeah. resistance. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Like, is it a problem to rebook people or tell people what you think they need? No. I find that much easier. And I'm not attached to the outcome if they're kind of hesitant or whatever. It's okay. You know, I let them do them and just offer and it's okay. Yeah. It's it's okay. I think this is like so common. Like Sarah and Rachel are both like, yeah, like like everybody feels this way when you you start your business, you think all you need are your two hands and your massage table and some sheets, right? And that's all you Mm -hmm. need. And actually what you need is a lot of support in learning how to sell MFR. Most of us are so overwhelmed by what it can do. And we just want that to pour out of us, but we, we can't even actually say what it does because we know so much. Right. That's so, a great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being able to break it down and focus on talking about what are the results of MFR instead of like, what am I doing? I'm going to do crosshand releases and pressure and all this stuff. Right. So, right. and you've really come a long way in your, I think from like watching you, my favorite things are your ability to see yourself as a CEO and to show up in that energy and also as a loving, compassionate therapist that only wants what's best for their client. And you got it. willing to say the words, like risk the relationship with the client to tell them what you think they need. Yeah. That's my growth right there. Yeah. That was what I struggled with the most was being a CEO, like, yeah, like who am I? I didn't, do I don't know how to be that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're and then I, kind of a badass. Let's just say it out loud. I really am. I yeah. really let myself be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But no, I remember calling or box. I'm like CEO, COO, CFO. I'm all of that. I, I'm a clueless lady, but no, I've learned oh, a ton, ton, ton about business and what's technology. The, what's the most surprising thing you think you've learned about yourself through coaching? It's kind of a negative thing, I guess. I feel like I used to be super confident as a PT assistant and working with patients and and then coming, you know, trying to be a CEO, really I I lost my confidence. I lost my whatever, my badassness or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So that surprised me. And so I needed the coach in order to bring that back out in me, you know, to become that person again and to be confident. And When you really learned that you didn't need somebody else to tell you you were good at what you did, like you got to decide you were good at it. Like you didn't need the reassurance of having an employee hand you clients to treat. You didn't need the paycheck in the mail to reaffirm that. Like you create your paycheck now. And it's a bigger paycheck, like I'm assuming, than you ever got as a PTA. Well, it is in the sense that I only work like 12 hours a week. So, yeah, I mean, so I'm not five, those $5,000 months working 12 hours a week. Correct. Yeah, that's Correct. amazing. That's the difference. You know, I don't want to work full time. I'm at this stage in my life where I'm helping with grandchildren and stuff. And I just, you know, I want a little part time fun, helping people, love connecting with them, love MFR. Yeah. But it's a serious business that you're running, not a cute jobby, like no matter how many hours you work and what you do outside of that, like you have a legitimate business. You've seen hundreds of clients this year. Yes. Do you know how many clients you've seen? I have seen 270. Yeah. Yeah. And how much money have you made this year? Uh, $25,045. That is so good. Working 12 yeah, hours. Yeah, working 12 hours or less because less. at the beginning... There were a I lot wasn't... of months where you didn't see that many. Right, yeah. right. 
Right. When I think, you know, so yeah. good. I'm Thank so, you. so proud of you. Yeah, it was great. It's been so fun to work with you. Um, Linda worked with me. She did the 12 week intensive coaching and then she did the extended six month coaching and is now in the group and we're wrapping up the rest of her six month one-on-one coaching. So how do you feel now? Like, are you ready? Are you, do you feel like you know how to do this now and you're ready to go? I really do. I feel like the repetitiveness, you know, doing the group, listening to other people, watching them grow, um, really has helped me and my growth as well. I get so excited for them. And yeah, I feel like this is good. I'm good. And I just have to keep going through the processes. You know, if anything new comes up, I have the tools to get through it. Yeah. Well, and remember when I told you about like renewing and coming back for more coaching and how mad you were that you would need to have more coaching? I know. <laughs> what is your thought now? Because like there are that only do one round, but how much change did you get oh, from doing two rounds oh. of coaching and the group? Like what's yeah. the difference? There's a huge difference. I would never have been able to make it after my first round. Mm-hmm. I really did need that extra six months of coaching for sure not because anything's sure. wrong with you it just no it's just like it's just, totally new learning models and how to like how to take radical self-responsibility over your brain and what you're doing right exactly yeah and just that you know the coaching the guidance the little things me were the biggest things for me the first thing that you taught me was that i did need to take those steps and spend the money to build the business, right? Because I kept saying, oh, I don't have the money because I'm not, you know, really working and I I need to pay for my you know, buy a website yeah. and my insurance and my right. What are your thoughts about spending money on now I can spend money like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's not like like when you think about the investment you made with me, what do you think about that? Like what is the return on that? Oh, I would have quit by now. My job, I would have quit this business by now. I honestly, on all this, you would have missed out on this. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So I know I've always wanted to have my own business, and but fear always kept me from starting one. And so I really needed the coaching to guide me through it and to get me through the little things, like I said, the technology things and all that to to really become. I feel like a real business now. I feel like a CEO. I can make decisions and. Yeah. That's the part, right? It's the decision. Mm-hmm. Your business can only grow at the rate you're willing to make decisions. And you I love see, that. You can see your evolution like in your business, exactly how it took you to make decisions before and what, what it is now. Now it's like no yes. big deal. No big deal. Right now it's just make the decision and move on. Yeah. So right. good, Linda. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Thank you for hanging in there with me and for always like being honest. Like even when you were like mad at me or whatever, or <laughs> mad at like the coaching, and you even when you were like irritated by it, you still always took it in. Oh yeah. And then like was like, oh now I understand, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Okay, we are gonna move on to Rachel. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? It's going good. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. I don't know that I have everything as laid out by quarters as everyone else, but I'll try my best. I do have numbers with me. Okay, awesome. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about what brought you to coaching. When did we start? We started in January of this year. Okay. So Um, we've been together the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And you took a little bit of a break too. I did. Yeah. Cause I thought I could do it on my own and it was a little harder than I anticipated once I spread my wings after mm-hmm. the first <laughs> few weeks of coaching. So I really needed that boost again. I had made so many changes in my business. I started a business in the pandemic <laughs> and I knew that it was only going to be myofascial release at some point, but I was still doing regular massage therapy and I wasn't sure how to transition and even talk about MFR or explain it or the benefits, you know, the amounts of sessions, whatever. And I was going to hire a a massage therapist business coach, but I knew she didn't know any MFR and I knew it was something that was needed 
how could she tell me about MFR? Cause it's so different than anything else. Mm-hmm. Then I found you and I got your book and I thought, Oh, this is what I need. This is the person that is going to be able to help me. Yeah. And that was January that we chatted and you helped me raise my prices and stop doing massage and learn how to talk about MFR and yeah, <laughs> it's been so fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like you had this whole, you had a massage therapy business. So mm-hmm. you went from kind of dabbling in MFR to like, I am not doing massage anymore and I'm doubling my rate and yep. we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it was every step of the way was really scary. It was scary to open my own business by myself uh, and have a, a vision of MFR, even though I had no idea how I was going to really do it. I had only taken a handful of classes. So I really didn't feel confident in my skill set. And I don't have anyone in my area that I could really bounce ideas off of. You know, there wasn't really that connection. So I really needed someone in my court <laughs> that yeah. knew the ropes of MFR. So that's yeah. where you came in handy. So that's great. <laughs> I love that we've been working together since January. So we worked, we did the 12 week intensive when we first started. Yep. And then I didn't really have another offer after that because I was new to coaching. So yep. I was like, see you later, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought so too. I was like, I can do this. Yeah, uh, yeah I got it. <laughs> and then for some reason, I think I started checking in with everybody about six weeks out. And most people were like, that ended up being kind of the same time frame for everybody that started being the year. So when we met again, what was going on in your business after you took the break? It was okay. I had already implemented all the hard stuff. So I had changed my rates. I wasn't doing massage. I was getting new people, but I still wasn't confident with my new rate. And I still wasn't a hundred percent sure how to talk to people about MFR. I still didn't feel confident in my skill level. There was just like a lack of confidence in a lot of areas because I had made so many changes. I just focused on all the changes. I didn't get to focus on each individual thing that was scary. I didn't know how to, it was like overwhelming. And so my overwhelmed brain just kind of was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I did like nothing. afraid because then you have like a little bit of a dip in your census. So it's like some of your massage people like decided not to come back. Yep. And then yep. you were like, what have I done a little bit? Yep. I was scared. Like I made a horrible decision. My business is going to like, just go down to yeah. nothing. And some of the people around you were telling you that too. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Some people did not have confidence in the things that I did because no one else is doing what I do and no one else around my area charges what I charge. So I just felt like I really messed up. I took advice from this person I didn't know. And now my business is falling apart. (laughs) And I was like, I know I learned a lot, but it sure feels like maybe I made a bad choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just, it feels so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we like met up again at the right time because you were like, yeah, I think I do want to do more. more Yeah. I knew like I got a lot of benefit out of the first round, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite there. And of course I thought something was wrong with me and that I must not know how to have a business. And (laughs) when I think too, me as a new coach, I was like, maybe something's wrong with me. Like people need more coaching. Right. And then it's actually just, it's so similar to MFR. It's like, no, you just need more. Like you need more and you'll know, you'll kind of know when you're ready. And even then you might need more after that. Who knows? You're like, who knows? Right. Right. You're always growing and changing as a person. So, and there's so many scenarios that happen in a year time that wouldn't happen necessarily in a quarter. And so those scenarios would come up and I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. I've never encountered this before. And with MFR, it's always something new. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Okay. I'm yeah. Like, I'm You're just having day. that touch point where you can like reach out and like you basically have me on, I don't know, like command or whatever. <laughs> what do you call that? On demand? Yeah. Like, on yeah. demand coaching. Yeah. So, which is fun. It's fun to be like at this phase in the coaching where you'll look back and you'll be like, oh, I used to like be able to just ask other questions all the time. And I know. know. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what happened then when we started to work together. I think we started working together in June again. Something like that. Yeah. yeah in the summer. You it, were stressed I out. When we started working together again, you were like, you were stressed out. You were worried. 
Yeah. And how I, quickly did you turn that around? I think pretty quickly it started to pick up. We did a lot of coaching on my thoughts about my skill level mm-hmm. and a fact that I get to decide when I'm confident and not after I've taken X amount of classes. And yeah. that's kind of what I was always worried what about. What was your thought about your skill level? I didn't know enough and I wasn't going to be confident until I had taken all of the classes and that I couldn't possibly be a an MFR therapist without being an expert level. And I thought like I had the imposter syndrome of, I can't do this. Everybody's going to know I'm a fraud. And, mm-hmm. and even though like a lot of your clients are getting really good results and it's yeah. like never enough, right? People couldn't say enough good things for you to actually believe it. Right. Yes. And I would take one semi-negative thing and that would just crash my whole day or my whole mm-hmm. image of myself. Like I'm not, <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But I got more clear on my thoughts. And I think that was one of the biggest things at one point during our one-on-one, you said, I need you to write down every single day, just thought download all your junk in your brain. And so I started doing that and it was kind of negative in the beginning. And then it just started getting more positive. It's like, I don't actually believe these thoughts that are in my head. And once I started realizing that those thoughts weren't actually what I believed, everything just like changed. And yeah, so it was just like literally like just sentences like floating by. And because it was there, I think the biggest mistake most of us make is like, we think our thoughts are the truth. Yeah. That's what I did. The only thing I believed it all over. Like we can change it. And it, yeah. it's not like this woo thing where, where you're just like, Oh, I'll just choose not to believe that. It's like actually looking at the thought. I mean, like when I have this thought, I feel crappy. Yeah. Why am I thinking this? Yeah. What are the other options available to me? And what else can I choose to believe on purpose? Yeah. It takes some work though to get there. Yeah. It's a little bit harder for this, but you've also helped me be okay when I feel like crap, that it's okay to feel like crap. Like some days I do, I don't feel good. And I always make it about something has gone wrong when I don't feel good or I don't feel confident or I'm having a rough, day, week, month, whatever it is. And you're talking like emotionally feeling like crap. And then also like during a healing crisis, right? Yes. All of the things. (laughs) I don't want to feel any of the negatives. (laughs) Yeah. I think too, people think that this should be easy and it should feel good. And the thing Mm -hmm. is, is like, no matter how much money you make or how much vacation you take, like life is always going to be 50, 50. So 50% of the time, it is going to be awesome. And 50% of the time it's just shitty. Like that's just how it is no matter what's going on. And if we don't take the time to understand ourselves in those different situations, it's really hard to enjoy the 50% that's good. Yeah. And I didn't even allow myself to feel good in the success. Like I was scared of that or something. Because it can go away, right? Like that's the thought. I just always would say, oh, it's just a fluke. I can't do this again. Like I just had a good month or they got good results because they were special or, you know, whatever. It was never something I allowed into my life. I don't know. It was, that was kind of a more recent change in my thoughts of I can allow this and it's okay. And sometimes success is scary for me. You know, it's it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling. It's like, almost like an out of control feeling. You're like, who am I to get this, right? Like, who am I to have this fantastic success? And I mean, should I apologize for it? Should I hide it? Like, what should I do, right? (laughs) Right. Like, get on a podcast and tell me about your income and let's celebrate it, right? Which I think originally people were like, what is happening? (laughs) Why are people sharing this information? And the reason why we share it is because it is something to be celebrated, It is. And if more people talk about money and about what it's like actually to earn it and what it's like to treat people and to get paid for it, more people will start earning more money. They'll see that it's safe to do it. And that this is just because you're in therapy and you are working with people that are in pain does not mean you are a charity. Right. And a lot of people come to me wanting to set up their businesses and they want to set it up like, I'm like, if you don't want to make money, let's just set you up as a non not-for-profit. And the minute I bring that up, they're like, no, I want to make money. I'm like, okay, but do you want to make money or do you want to be just above the poverty line? Like, which one do you want? 
Right. Because it costs a lot of money to be an MFR therapist. It costs a lot of money to run a business. So you need to generate a lot of money and you need to know how to do it. And you need to know where to put that money when it comes in. Yep. So, okay. I digress. (laughs) I get very excited about this topic. I love talking about it and I love listening to it because when I listen to other people's money wins, it pumps me up. It motivates me. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone watching or listening that listens to some of these podcasts and compares themselves to what these therapists are creating and then kind of despairs about it, just notice that that's a normal thing to do. I think some people do it in the group and we talk about it all the time. Like we aren't sharing our goals and our wins to feel bad because our goal and our win isn't the same as someone else's. It's like, we're sharing this so you can see what is possible. And there's no reason why you can't do it too. Absolutely no reason, no matter how old you are, if you were a male or a female, there's just no reason why you can't. Okay. So let's get into the juicy money details. Tell us everything (laughs) that you wanted to share. Oh, everything that I wanted to share. Oh, yeah. we don't have that much time. So. <laughs> I mean, it's my podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last year in 2020, I brought home a little over $36,000. That was my gross sales. Mm-hmm. I did about over 800 sessions and that was majority massage therapy yeah. and MFR. And that was probably about 70 sessions a month. How'd you feel doing that many? Tired. (laughs) My body hurt. Everything was hurting. And I thought, I don't want to do this. And then switching my brain back and forth between the two modalities was hard. So (laughs) I knew I needed to just do MFR. And that was the 2020. We were closed for, I don't know, six or eight weeks. But my business was busy after we opened back up. So that was good. Cause you, um, you like had just started it in the pandemic. Like that was your first yeah. business. So for MFR. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I opened okay. it right after we were able to start working again. Okay. And that was scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so far this year I have made uh, $65,056. Awesome. So cool. Yep. And how many sessions have you done? Do you know? About 632. Do you know what's crazy about that? It's like 200 less sessions, but it's twice the money. Yeah, that's what keeps me going (laughs) when I see it written down like that. Okay, so we coached on this. Do you care if I bring this up about November? Okay. You were like freaking out. You were going to take eight days off from work to go to a whole seminar series in Chicago. And you were like, what am I going to do? Like something's going to go wrong. Like I'm going to lose money, like all of these things. Right. So what ended up happening? Well, nothing went wrong. I was fine. I took off a couple of weeks and then Thanksgiving happened (laughs) and I did like 37 appointments and I made about almost $4,700. So it was less than I would typically make, but I mean, that's not bad. You took like over two weeks off of work. Yeah. Yeah. And then I turned around and I, in two weeks, I went to Quantum Leap in Delaware. So, you know. So good. So good. What are you projecting your end of the year to end at? Do you know those numbers? Um, If I don't have any more appointments, if nothing else books, which that's not going to happen, I'll get plenty more bookings. I'm looking at about $2,800 projected out for the rest of the year. Okay. So that put me at about $67,880. Awesome. And that's just what's scheduled for the rest of what I have on the books. What you have on the books, not including any extras or if you sell packages or whatever. Funny thing, I think you Voxer messaged me on... Monday or something, and you were like, I already made over a thousand dollars today or something. Yeah. So I've made like over two thousand dollars this week. <laughs> yeah. And I'll make, you know, this week will probably be end up being about twenty six hundred dollars. So yeah. like that's that's a lot for me in a week. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I love it. I love okay. it. <laughs> what is your rate right now? 130. Okay. For an and hour. are you changing it? I'm not changing the rate. I am eliminating 90 minute sessions in okay. January. Okay. I used to offer 30, 60, and 90. 
when I switched over to just MFR, I stopped doing 30 minute sessions because that was a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to do hour sessions to keep it consistent. The 90 minutes kind of messes up my schedule for what I want to work and the amount of people to maximize my schedule, the best hours, hour sessions are the best way for me to do that. Yeah. So yeah, you're maximizing. Love it. So good. I'm trying to be the most efficient and yeah. work the less. That's my goal in life is to make the most money with working the most, the condensed amount of hours, the right amount of hours. Be the me. most people you possibly can in the hours that you want to work and make the most right. money that you can in the yep. Yeah. I think that that's an awesome way to have it set up. Yeah. So now I do mostly group coaching. What do you think about the group? It's you- great. I love yeah. group coaching because you can see people's changes and their thoughts. And sometimes if you have previously had a thought like that, you can understand where their brain is currently, but it's also nice because some people have things that I haven't thought of or heard of, or it wasn't an issue, but it might be in the future. And so it's nice to hear those things and, you know, know how it could possibly relate to me at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm thinking about in the group is you could be in the group and and maybe never even raise your hand to get coached, but you can use every single other person's coaching for yourself. Yep. Like they don't have to get coached on the exact same thing. Right. And if you put the time in and the effort to do thought downloads and really understand the model, you are going to create those thought changing ninja actions that mm-hmm. then create the results that you want. But yep. it doesn't happen if you don't participate and you haven't learned how to take the radical self responsibility for your result line. Right. When we do a lot of goal setting in coaching, and in the beginning, I think people are hesitant to set goals because they're like, there's no way I'm going to meet that goal because I haven't done it before. Right. Like this income goal. I kept telling you, I'm like, you're going to hit six figures. Like it might not be this year, but it'll probably be next year because you'll have like all these more months of knowing how to run a business. Right. Yep. Whereas like you had about six months of not really knowing how to do it. At right. the level that you know now, right? So absolutely. So basically, you ran your business for six months of the year at the level that you're at now, mm-hmm. and now you yeah. get to do it forever. And like, you're going to always be leveling up because you'll be looking for it. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like complete crap before I level up. <laughs> yeah, every single time. Right. So I'm always kind of like, good. oh yeah, you're in the river of misery. Just so you know, like pretty soon you'll find the side. <laughs> every single time. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. Cause I think too, we used to panic when that would happen. Panic when you feel like crap and everything is going wrong. And it's like, oh no, you're just growing. It's like a lobster changing its shell. I'm sure that doesn't feel good. Probably not. <laughs> oh. No. Like when you're growing, growing pains hurt. Yeah. Literally leveling up. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? I think the like greatest part about coaching is that I have learned that I get to decide what's right for me. I don't have to make it about anyone else but me. So if I want to do something, I just do it and people will, (laughs) they'll just figure it out how to make it work for themselves. I used to waste so much time worrying about what other people were thinking about what I was doing. And they're probably not even worried about what I'm thinking about whatever. (laughs) So I just do things that are in my best interest and let the rest just fall into place. And that was really hard for me. That took me a very long time to really feel comfortable with rocking the boat or pissing people off or, you know, God, I don't want them to be mad at me and they won't come back. They won't like me. And it's, it has nothing to do with me. So do you apply that to like your real life too, outside of business? All of the time. Yeah. I just like, I don't care anymore. (laughs) And it's not that you don't care. You just are no longer a people pleaser. Right. I'm just not attached to the outcome. Having you as a coach and being an MFR therapist is so amazing because so many of the principles with MFR are applicable to our daily lives. And I know John says that all the time, but coaching has really made that very apparent that like you do have to detach from the outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's easy to see when you're not. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to see on your own, but it is easy to see when someone else can help point it out so that you can then find that internal compass so that you can you yeah. can see it sooner for yourself. Yeah, yep. totally. Yeah, totally. So good, Rachel. Well, it's been so fun to coach with you for this whole year. I know. <laughs> what would you say to people that are on the fence or they don't think they can afford coaching or like all, all of the objections, right? They can't afford coaching. They want to wait until they're ready. What would you say to people like that? You will never be ready. <laughs> yep. There's never going to be a time where you're like, yes, I think I should spend all this money. That's a great idea. It's scary when you're not making any money. Yeah. But it has been the best investment in my business and in my personal life. It's really life-changing. If you're serious about doing MFR, I really think that this is the best way to get out of your own damn way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. And when you consider like spend a few thousand dollars to make $67,000. Yeah. I've never made that much money ever. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So good. it's so exciting. So I think too, when people are making decisions on this, of course, I think everybody should come for coaching, no matter what stage you are in your business, because there's so much you can learn about how you make decisions and how you think about money and how that affects every other decision in not only your business, but also in your life mm-hmm. and just the perception you have of yourself. And most, most of us therapists are so sensitive and we're so aware of everybody else's feelings and we kind of give away our power to that. So being able to take your power back and really from your center, make decisions about everything just propels you forward and it's not about giving you like these secrets that are being kept. It's about you figuring out who you are and what you want and you just learning how to like your reasons why and going from there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you to everybody else that was on the podcast today. It's been so fun to spend this time with you guys just reconnecting and seeing like the fruits of my labor and the fruits of your labor. It's like we've all been in this together. Uh, It's been one of the best years of my life watching you guys grow and just being allowed to be a witness to all of it has been incredible. I will never forget you guys. I'm going to try not to cry. And (laughs) I will see you all, or I will talk to you all next week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.